ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Homemaker Chic. You may notice that it's Thursday and we're posting another episode. But where would you be without your red lips and no jumpers? We need more of you and I'm sure you need more of us, right? So we are excited to be here with you today, but we're going to do something new. She left me hanging there. Fine, I'll tell you. No, we here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> we we haven't we haven't planned any of this, and that's why there was that horrible pause of dead air. <laughs> we spoke on the phone for about 15 seconds this morning, and sometimes we put a little thought behind what we're going to talk about. And believe today, it or not, we have reserved our private phone call and our freestyle for you. So this is the freestyle remix mm-hmm. of uh, homemaker chic this is like the off-air on-air version of homemaker chic so we have no topic we're just going to go where the wind takes us yes i'm sure it will lead us somewhere positive and uplifting i'm sure it will lead us somewhere home not too far from home six feet away from someone else yes well in theory and all that in theory by the way i am shay elliott of the Elliott Homestead, and I am joined by Angela Reed of Parisian Farm Girl, and we are, like it or not, the hosts of Homemaker Chic. <laughs> You're stuck with us. <laughs> so sorry about that as well. Um, and we like to start every podcast talking about what we are sipping. And I know a few episodes ago I told you that I had some standards to my depravity. Those are gone now. <laughs> Two weeks into quarantine, I gave them up. It is 12.04 my time as we record this, and I am pouring my first glass of wine. So cheers. Cheers. I have just poured mine, and it is a 2017 Bouchard Pierre et Fille Pinot Noir from Bourgogne, which is Burgundy can in we France. Say, wait, I'm sorry. Can we say yeah. that name again? Bouchon? Bouchard. Bouchard. So, Looks like Bouchard. Bouchard. <laughs> Perifi. So that means father and sons. Perifi. Perifi. Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir. Okay. And it's a Bourgogne. So that's a Burgundy. Mm-hmm. Your big regions are your Bordeaux and your Burgundy. Mm-hmm. And um, it's lovely. A little cherberry. Cherberry. <laughs> it's a little cherberry. <laughs> I've only had a sip, I promise. <laughs> it's a little cherry, strawberry action. Um, and dry so that's Mm. delightful but in a good way it sounds like you just described my wine as soon as you said cherry i was like that's it that's what i'm tasting i am drinking a very fun blend um i've been kind of kicking it on these blends a bit haven't i Mm -hmm. can you okay help me i've heard so many i feel like different pronunciations of how you say wine vin 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 Sounds like 20. Yeah. Vin. Vin. Mm-hmm. Vin. Okay. Vin, vin de soif, which I've asked you this before, and it means like thirsty wine or wine, literally wine of thirst, right? Yeah. So literal. Yep. Mm-hmm. Literal. Um, and I only know this because I remember when I was listening to my French audiobook, he was saying, J'ai soif, or I have thirst. I'm thirsty. Mm-hmm. So the label is this cute little fat Frenchman just drinking straight from the bottle in his vineyard in his little English hat. Can you see this? 
Oh yeah. He's got a little, like a little tam Yes, on. It's, it's fabulous. Yeah, right? And it's just a blend from the Loire Valley in France, which is, I find myself gravitating there a lot as well. And it's fruity and dry and mm. very, it reminds me of like a picnic wine, you know? Yeah. Doesn't ask too oh, yeah. much of you. Some cold meats. Some Dare I slices. say it's a good wine to drink at now 12.06 p.m. This it, this is a picnic. Life is a picnic. Is it? Quarantine is a picnic. Is it? <laughs> uh, the Loire Valley. I have the best memories of the Loire Valley. I have to tell you. Do tell. You there, said I have to tell you, so I'm, I'm okay, waiting. Okay. We, <laughs> we went to the Moulin Rouge. We were up till three in the morning. We got back to the apartment, made it to Montparnasse by six, took the train to the Loire, rented a car. Of course, I think I said in previous episodes, I am the driver and Joel's mm. in the passenger seat and just bonsai it down the Loire Valley and saw as many chateaux in one day as we possibly could. Oh, man. Which is really pathetic because we were literally back in Paris by about two in the morning. But it was just the best. It, and we had no idea what to expect. It was just like, there's one. Oh, oh, there's one. Look at that one. Oh, there's mm. one. And we, you know, we went to, you know, the, the ones you have to, Chambord and Chononso, the one with the river that goes underneath. And it was amazing. Oh, that sounds so just fabulous. Bo- we just bonsaied it oh. <laughs> down the Loire River and back in one day. Rather pathetic, but we did bring a bottle of wine home from Chononso. Mm. Uh, and it was just like, it's just one of my favorite memories. I love that. I wish that I had better memories of my time in France. They're not that, they're not that great. Dare I say, here I am with Parisian farm girl. And do you know why? It's because I wasn't there. (laughs) Well, certainly I was 21. I had no idea. It was the first time I'd ever traveled abroad and Paris was where we flew into. So And this was, you know, like we've talked about back in the day where you shut your cell phone off and you get to turn it back on when you come back to the United States. Like, right. There was no Google map. There was no PayPal. I mean, it was just take your cash out of the ATM, use your calling card. But, um, you know, me being from small town Washington, flying into Charles de Gaulle, uh, like, (laughs) I had never been. I had been to Disney World. (laughs) That's as far as yeah. the extent of my travel had been. Yes, but I you were still, you were a little older, I think, right? 25. 25, okay. Yeah. Okay, then you, were more, then you were more cultured. Disney World, <laughs> well, Cincinnati, St. Louis, you, and Disney World. Like, that was it. <laughs> here, here is literally, I didn't know, like, I'd never been on a subway. I didn't even know I needed to know how to use a subway to navigate Paris. And Okay, that's tough. It was really rough. It was really rough. And when we were Mm -hmm. in Paris, you know, the French do as the French do. Also, by the way, I've gotten some really sweet emails from some French listeners who don't hate us. And that, like, made me really happy. But this happened, so I can say it. Um, The transportation system went on strike. Of course it did. as soon as I had gotten the hang of the subway, because I really am like, throw me in the deep end. I'll learn how to swim like Mm -hmm. your dad threw you in when you were a young child. Um, Previous episode <laughs> reference. That's why you need to binge. Um, so we couldn't take buses. We couldn't take the the subway. You know, we couldn't afford taxis. 
And so we spent a lot of time walking around, which is a beautiful way to explore a city. Hard way to explore Paris when you're trying to get to the Louvre. <laughs> like <laughs> Paris is a big old city. And it is. You know, there were I just feel like there were a thousand. We actually were on the train when the strike happened. We were on this train and it just stops. It stopped in the middle of nowhere. They do. They're just like, hey, guess what? And they're we're like, rowdy. get off, get off mm-hmm. the train. And I'm like, hey, I don't know where I am, where I am. I have no way to communicate this. There's no Google Translate at this point. Right. And this sweet Frenchman, he came up and he was just like, I'm going to do my my very best French accent uh-huh. here. He was like. Rent a car, libre, libre, and I was like, I like, I don't know what libre means, but he was saying like you'll have freedom to move about. You won't be, yeah. you know, worried about the yeah. transportation system. <laughs> uh, that's Good that's times. something I have not. I have not driven in Paris to my chagrin. I mm. really want to. I'm going to do this. I'm going Are to you do, do it. I'm going to. Well, I'm we going. learned a valuable the rule. The smallest, craziest car I can. <laughs> and I'm going to just go yeah. nuts. Mm-hmm. We learned uh, that there's safety in numbers. So as long as the herd is doing it, you're safe. It's when you try to go against the herd. If the herd's running a red light, you run a red light. Oh, for sure. It's when you try to go against the grain that you get into trouble. Like if you're trying to if you're trying to be a nice, good American like me and follow the traffic rules, which is what we do here. No, uh, you're screwed. <laughs> No, you have to channel like your inner Latin. You have oh. to learn every gesture, every horn, cars on sidewalks. Oh my gosh, the cars on the sidewalks. We were on the Champs Elysees and everybody starts moving. Mm-hmm. And I turn around and there's this little tiny Peugeot or whatever they're called just coming down the sidewalk. I know. I said, well, I guess we're going to get out of the way now. Mm-hmm. Motorcycles on sidewalks. We sat um, in on the Saint-Germain Boulevard in front of the church there, which is like a thousand years old. It's just amazing. And for entertainment, we sat on a bench and watched a young woman park her vehicle in a spot like the size of my nostril. Like (laughs) it was amazing. That scene in Austin Powers from a long time ago when he tries to do the four point turn in the hallway. Yes. I love that scene. It was like that. She just was like, oh, fab. She, she did was it. Committed. She nailed it. They're amazing. Yeah. And then just, they're just so cool when they just pull their cycle up on the, you know, the pavement and they just mm-hmm. take off their helmet and have lunch because yeah. that's what they do. Have yeah, their espresso so and a cute. cigarette and get on with their days. Oh my gosh. The espresso that they drink for an hour. Mm. Did I tell you this once I had a standoff mentally with a guy drinking an espresso at a cafe? See, I just thought. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to sit here longer than you do. I'm going to let my coffee get colder than yours. And like by about 45 minutes, I was just like, I'm going to lose my mind. Please, dude, could you just finish it already? I can't do this. I'm American. See, that's, just, just, that's so funny because what I remember distinctly when we were in Italy was like there was no seats. You had to pay to sit down so people would come mm-hmm. into the cafe, get their espresso and just pop back a double all day long. They just pop in, pop back a double out to work. Come back in in a couple hours, pop back another double espresso out the door. You know, uh-huh. like they had places to be, people to see. No one was fiddling around, standing around. Oh, my goodness. My friend Francoise, she's in Chicagoland and she's older. She's the, I learned French. I taught myself French and I would go to her house on Saturday mornings uh, 
for just, we would just hang out Mm -hmm. us and like a couple other Francophiles. To like practice your French? Yeah. It was just the best memories, like these five years. And, but it would drive me crazy because I always wanted more coffee. So they'd pour a cup of coffee and that girl can talk. (laughs) I mean, wow. (laughs) And it's in French. So your eyes are glazing over and you're hanging on for dear life because you were just at boogie nights till three in the morning (laughs) and you're just like trying to to hold on. And like, could I please have some hot coffee? I'm drinking like ice cold, horrible. And Mm -hmm. she just, she just kept talking and she just drank her cold coffee. Mm -hmm. It was just incredible. Isn't it weird how coffee is I mean, I know that not everyone drinks coffee and I know not every culture is a coffee culture, but mm-hmm. I'm from the Pacific Northwest. Like we basically wean from mom's milk to coffee, to IPAs, <laughs> to IPAs, like IPAs and, and coffee, coffee snobs over there. We're yep. major beer and coffee <laughs> snobs, major. This is yep. going to isolate our half listener. Sorry, Karen. When we lived in Alabama, we didn't we already mentioned like we have no budget for beer, right? I haven't had a beer in many moons. <laughs> and finally we go over to this guy's house. He his he was this old farmer friend Chip that we had. He wasn't old, he was my age, but I mean he we knew him a while ago. Anyway, I was taking pictures for from scratch. He let me take pictures of his farm and his cows and chickens and stuff to put in this cookbook. And he offered us a beer. And I was so excited, like, oh, sweet nectar. And he brought out a Budweiser and I died a thousand deaths inside. I could not do it. I could not do it. And I, I'm sorry. I know you love Budweiser. I it it's disgusting for starters and for two, a very sad excuse for a beer. No, it's not. It is the great American beer. It's not. That's how that's how I feel about like Miller Lite or Coors. Or well, ditto like on all of those things. Cool. But uh, an ice cold Budweiser after no. you've been in the garden. You're wrong. No, Angela, you, my dear, are wrong. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, that's nope. like drinking yellowtail when you're used no, to drinking no, it's not. Swap. Yes, it is. Angela no, it's Reed. not. Yellow Swap is yellow. T- yellow Swap. <laughs> That was good. Yellowtail. Um, oh my gosh. Anyway. We just defended all the yellowtail. I'm sorry. It's terrible there, wine. So. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've got to get it's a horrible. filter. I have when to you drink filter. yellow, if you drink wine like that, you wake up, even if you just have one glass. Less than less than a glass. Less. It's so full of everything to make it taste like something. You have this like piercing eyeball headache <laughs> the next morning. Just and you, you have, have a to, glass at a party yeah. or something, a friend's house. You're like, yes, I'll have a glass. I have to. <laughs> and, yeah. I'm, I would I'm just rather not drink. Budweiser for the next time you guys visit. No, thank you. I don't well, want we're in, we are in Miller. This is the Midwest. This is Wisconsin. Like this is like Miller light bush country. No, thank you. No, thank you. I cannot. That's nasty. That is just so nasty with a side of nasty, but yeah, no, I, I will stick to my little sweet Pacific Northwest hoppy IPAs. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Messy. I do you like any other, like I like, um, there are certain beers I like, oh like a get a good Guinness. Has, oh, definitely has a place in my world. Um, that is um, 
when you order a Guinness in Europe and yeah. they make the little clover design in the yeah. top, like they do latte art here. Yes. That makes me happy. We Guinness went to on draft just out in Paris. Know. Yeah. Up by the um, Pantheon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's right by the university there. And so. Oh, yes. I know exactly where that is. Yeah. Yes. Shut up. <laughs> They're making these little cool clover designs in the top, you know, and this was a long time ago. I had never seen anything like that. I didn't know what latte art was or, you know, Mm -hmm. foam art. That was impressive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I actually was in Europe when I learned to like red wine. Um, I didn't drink wine at all until I was 21, which sounds sounds correct, but... (laughs) Um, I've been, I didn't, I dare mean, I, I say I wine until drinking, I was like 25 yeah. yeah, beer for many moons before that. But when I turned 21, my parents took me to this little wine bar here and I bought this white wine called Monchoff and it was like liquid corn syrup. It was so sweet, but I was like, oh yeah, I think I like wine. Like, Ooh, this is nice. I got used to drinking Monchoff and, um, tried red wine, but it was, you know, just your kind of standard. Mm-hmm red American wine and it just didn't do it for me. And so we were in Siena in Italy and, you know, we were traveling with the Rick Steves travel book because that's what you traveled with back before you could have your smartphone. And he said, if you're in Siena, you need to walk down this alley that you would never know was there and knock on this door with, there's no sign to this restaurant. I get chills thinking about this. You're and giving me I know. chills. He was like, you, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but you need to ask for this this man. So we did. And he sat us in a special booth. And it was one of those restaurants where you don't order. They just bring they you just bring you whatever they want to bring you. And yeah. why is this making me emotional right now? Um, and he brought us out this decanter of red wine and filled our glasses. It wasn't like we would like wine. It was like, this is what you're going to have with your meal. And like I drank it and it was like the foie gras experience that we talked about before. Tears just like came to my eyes and I was like, this is red wine. Like it was spectacular. And then the decanter was emptied and he brought us another one and we just kept eating pasta and (laughs) breads and gnocchi and And I fell in love. I completely fell in love with Italian red wines. It was so special. I think about that all the time, thinking about going back because like so many cities in Europe, you know, they just had this like big town circle square. Piazza, I think is what they call it. Piazza, yeah. And, um, you know, it was just off of that down this little dark alley and thinking, oh, I would love to go find that place again and like hug him and be like, thank you. (laughs) It's made my life so much richer. Oh, Oh my goodness. We went when we went to, so after we did the Loire, then we were in Paris for another week or so. And then we went John and Francoise, uh, the friend I was telling you about in Chicagoland, well, they have a home in um, Perigot. And so we went to visit them in France because they were going to be there. And on the way we stopped in Saint-Emilion, which is my favorite Bordeaux wine region and didn't know what we were doing. It's just Mm -hmm. this tiny, tiny, tiny little town. And it's, uh, I think I, on a previous episode, I talked about seeing the matching spires of the, mm-hmm. the one chateau and that's that region. And we were just walking through town and, you know, we stayed in this little tiny hotel 
And I just would always say, what is the least expensive hotel room you have? You know, mm-hmm. on Mont Saint-Michel, like give me the cheapest room you have. And they stuck me in a hotel room inside a brick wall. It was dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> and so in Saint-Emilion, they took us to the attic room. Mm. Orange toile wallpaper. Yes, yes, yes. Slanted ceiling, little bathroom. I'm like, and I'm never leaving. Oh. I am now the official chambermaid of this hotel. I'm <laughs> never leaving. You guys think you gave me the bad room? I get a slanted ceiling in an attic with orange wall wallpaper. Are you kidding me? Mm. So then we go for a walk for dinner. It's off season. It's April. It's not like the vines are leafed out or mm-hmm. anything like that. We go down these craggy stairs and we didn't have any reservations and the restaurants restaurants were full. So we went to one restaurant and I'm like, I'm doing my very best. I'm trying to do this all in French. I said, do you have a table? We don't have a restaurant or we don't have a reservation. And he's, you know, they, you kind of hustle back and forth. And then he came to us and he's made his apologies. I'm so sorry. All we have is a table in the wine cellar. <laughs> oh, hurt me. I'm like, hit me again, Ike. Are you kidding me? Like, like first I get the orange twall wallpaper and now I'm in the wine. So they took us down to this pea gravel. Mm. Like it's in the restaurant, but you step down, you go through a door, pea gravel floor, wine cases, all, you know, the wine crates all around, candle. Mm. We ordered just the most beautiful. It was a, it was also a St. George, but it was like a Moulin de St. George, I think. And I had four, fried foie gras on top of a steak or something. Oh just <laughs> it was, it was, I had a, a, meal oh. in Saint Martin, a meal in St. Martin once. And that meal are my two most favorite meals of my whole life. But I just, it made me laugh that they stuck us in the attic thinking, yeah, we're, we're sorry. Yeah. Stuck us in the root cellar. We're sorry. And <laughs> it's just one of my best memories ever. Mm. What is it about places like that where and not just when you travel, but it feels like it's more highlighted when you do travel. Mm-hmm. It's like all your senses are heightened. And I don't know, it's, you're just so much more aware of everything, the taste of things, the smells mm-hmm. of things. You know, it. it's so interesting how our bodies and minds do that when we're experiencing something new. You know, especially something like your France trip that you've you anticipated for a long time, you saved for a long time. You know, you had made a lot of sacrifices to go and to be there. Yeah. It's and that that was actually that was our third trip. That's the last time we were there, mm-hmm. right before I was expecting Aiden. Mm-hmm. And but you're right, you just it's just like this encapsulated memory and everything is so vivid. Mm-hmm. Just so special. Mm-hmm. All I have on for my first trip to Europe was memories to go on because when we were in Spain. Okay, listeners, if you ever go to Spain, duct tape your wallet and your passport into your butt cheeks, okay, with a tripwire. Do it. I'm not kidding. There is like it is a severe problem. Gypsy pickpocketed. I got I didn't get gypsy pickpocketed. I had left to go get a toothbrush because I lost my toothbrush somewhere between Italy and Spain. And. We were at this bus station, which is notoriously the worst spot for pickpocketers. We had been mm-hmm. there all day waiting a bus to catechase. So people had kind of watched us. They knew how many were in our group, which was only oh, two. Yeah. But, you know, 
it was it was rough. So I go to get a toothbrush and I had left. I was traveling with my old boss, Janine, and she had all of our suitcases. She had both of our purses over her neck. It was just like a little side bag purse, you know. Mm -hmm. And I came back and I said, where's my purse? And she looks down at her body. She was sitting down on a bench surrounded by luggage wearing the purse and she didn't even know it had been taken off of her it was just crazy and it had my camera in it so i i don't have any photographs i have my bag my vitamins (laughs) (laughs) exactly i was more concerned though about my makeup because we go to catechase which is this teeny little seaside town in northern spain it's where salvador dali lived okay. and created his art fabulous after the rush of rome and paris it was like give me a little seaside town some paella some wine and i'll just sit here happily mm-hmm. but there was one teeny little shop in catechase that sold makeup and mm-hmm. I, so i go there to buy just like regular stuff you know a little foundation a little mascara i put four hundred dollars of makeup <laughs> on my credit card <laughs> not because it was good makeup because that's what it cost there, you oh know, and like yeah. I didn't even think about it. I was just like, I need makeup and some thief stole mine. And but here's OK. Here's the crazy part of this story. OK, I really wanted my bag back. I knew they'd taken the camera. Luckily, my passport literally had been shoved down my pants the whole time we were there because I knew that this was a possibility. You got to wear your passport in your pants. You, you have gotta to wear like, it. get a little body bag in your pantalones, right? In your pantalones. Yep. Yeah. Passport, mm-hmm. credit cards, the whole shebang. So mm-hmm. they took my camera. But my great grandmother's Bible was in the purse. Oh, oh, no. I know. It's like this old, old King James Bible. And. I really wanted it back. I really wanted it back. So, mind you, I don't speak any very little Spanish. I took Spanish in high school, okay? Um, But we go, we spend a beautiful week in Catechase, and we go back through Barcelona where we were going to catch our flight home. We just thought, what if? What if? So, we go to the bus station where my purse had been stolen, and the like help desk wasn't open yet. So we go to this little bar, had an, just a regular old lager and chicken and vinegar, which is where I fell in love with chicken and vinegar. Just like a good roasted piece of chicken doused in red wine vinegar. So good. That's not the point of the story. Okay. The point is we go to the um, help desk. I don't like I said, I speak very little Spanish and I just kind of motioned like purse. She reaches under her desk pulls it out and flops it on the countertop. And she the Bible? Had, she had tears in her eyes and she was just like, here. And in my Bible the Santa was in Biblia. There. Yes. Oh. My granny's Bible, my makeup, everything was in there except my camera. And so I know. Again, six years of friendship. I have never heard this. I know. Story. I know. And I have I mean it's upstairs on my living room table. I keep it. It has her name in it and it it just means a lot to me because I never well, knew her, but my grandmas both died when I was six. And so I, you know, I just had these really small pieces of that heritage to draw from. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just, it was a special thing. So like the, ch- the, the chances of us being, you know, in catechase for a week and coming back and her knowing that it was me and probably because I threw such a fit when it got stolen, but it was fab. You threw a fit. 
You? Well, I cried. That's the way I throw fits. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is amazing. I did not know that story. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Love. Isn't that crazy? My friend Amber lived in Spain for a while. This was a little bit more recently. They took a bullet train overnight and the guy, the conductor came up to him and said, he's like, no sleep, no sleep, no sleep. And she's like, it's an overnight train. We have to sleep. (laughs) They fall asleep. Somebody, you're going to, this is crazy. They put a gas hose under their door. It was a sleeping chamber. Put it under their door, gassed them, and then pried the doors open, cut open all the pockets on their pants that they were wearing. All their bags were slashed open with knives. They took, no, they did that? Yes. Like she fell asleep? She was gassed. So he told her don't sleep and he, then she he did? He was trying to, no, he was trying to tell her don't sleep. Like there are, like that's not a good thing to do for you. But then they, train. but then she did. She did. She was like, it's an overnight train. Like I, I was tired. And so she fell asleep. And while she was asleep, they came, gassed the chamber, opened up the doors, robbed them. And then they woke up like basically a day later with these horrible headaches and just like sick as dogs from the gas. With no kidneys. and Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no way to carry all their stuff because their bags had all been slashed open. Uh, sounds like a Liam Neeson movie I to know, me. right? That's what I told her. You're lucky you walked away from that <laughs> with just a slashed bag. Sex I mean, trade for I know. crying out loud. I know. Anyway. I mean, not to make light of that. That's what all that stuff. I mean, that's like... I know it's so easy to. Hmm. You can go there. It's okay. I, I it's know okay. there's a story behind everything, but you know, when you're in France and they say they're holding up the science that says, you know, I have children, I need food, or they're playing the accordion on the subway. There's a whole, it's like knockoff purses. There's mm-hmm. a whole filthy market behind that racket. There it's really is. Heartbreaking. There really is. Yeah. yeah. We were, um, in uh, Montmartre, which is, you know, sketchy at best. I mean, it's fabulous. It's dreamy. It's uh, very old Paris, but it's rough. sketchy. <laughs> it's sketchy. Uh, and we were at the, we were at a, a metro stop and standing away from a group of people. And, you know, sure enough, we watched it happen. And these, it was, I think it was, they were German tourists and they came up to them and distracted them. And then they were off. It was like very, very um innocent it looked innocent looking mm-hmm. but joel joel like went right up to them and said i think you just were robbed like mm. he, and he patted his pockets like you need to check your pockets sure enough just, and that happened to us on the champs Elysees where they they kind of came all around us a bunch of little kids and yeah. you know like want us to take your picture want us to do that and i just like clamped my hand on my bag you yeah. just have to walk Squeeze away as, as much as you want to together <laughs> Seriously, Joel, he's always wearing like this little tiny, like under the garment satchel with our passports and Mm -hmm. everything. He's very, he's very. uh, Oh, my passport now is still like warped from literally being tucked on the inside of a sweaty thigh. (laughs) You should be able to get it like tattooed here. (laughs) I will die with this passport. (laughs) Right. Duct tape to my my thigh. Oh, do you feel like, do you think, I know, I don't mean to sound dramatic, but I'm feeling a little dramatic. Well, I wonder why. Do you feel like we're ever going to be able to travel again? Honestly, Shay, I told Joel the other day, I said, look, you need to know this. Like, I'm just giving you the heads up. 
I don't want to say this number because you're always giving me manure over my age. But at that, when I become that fum to certain age, mm-hmm. <laughs> like when I, okay, it's not for a long time, but when, like, I will celebrate that day in Paris. Mm-hmm. I will be there. And can I, I come with you? Yeah, dur. Okay. I know you're not a royalist, <laughs> but when William is coronated, I will be on the streets waving my Union Jack. Okay, I will. What? Your Union Jack? Yeah. Angela Reed. Shay. Americans died so that we would not have to wag that flag. No. We wouldn't have to wag it, Shay? (laughs) Wagging. Wag the dog. Wagging is what we do in America. We don't weigh. Fantastic ally. That was a long time ago. No. No. I'm sorry. That was a long time. It was 300 years ago. That doesn't matter. We came here so that we wouldn't have to be royalists. Right. But I have a profound appreciation for the royal family, and I love William. And so when he's coronated, I will be there celebrating. Fine. Have you ever been like seen the changing of the guard or like I we don't saw? Know. The... I don't need to. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. I, I do have an appreciation for tradition and for history. It's not. I'm not anti-royalist. I just don't feel that same connection. You know. Yeah. I just, oh. I have this you guys, thing she about, wants, she's angry. She's angry. No, no, me. I'm not because I know, well, I know there's a, I know there's a, I know with me, it's a, it's two-sided. It's very emotional. Well, it's nostalgia too. It's, it's a nostalgic. big part of your childhood. Yeah. It's nostalgic and it's the history nerd and it's this longing I have for a sense of um, propriety and uh, um, so, so I just, can I, uh, let me ask the, you this. Sure. Current thoughts on Megxit. Sure. Which I think, mm. by the way, is such a great name. I loved it. It's, it's I saw it hashtag Megxit. I'm like, yes. It's hysterical. No, honestly, like I don't follow it. So like what, uh, honestly, what are your thoughts on this? I, well, I think they're human beings. They have every right to do whatever they want to do. I just found the way they did it in poor taste. Well, isn't the point of being in the royal family that you don't really get a say? Yep. It's tradition and, and it's like you were born, this is your job. Yes. The establishment and all that. It's the yep. establishment. Isn't that the point? Yeah. So if you leave then no, what's... So that's why I'm I'm definitely a house divided with all that, you know, as far as that goes. Okay. I'm I'm not What didn't you like about the way they did it? Well, I could be incorrect, but it was my understanding that it it wasn't taken to the queen first out of respect like it other channels were approached before the queen and hmm. I don't know. Hmm. She's I, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make many friends. She's not my favorite. Okay. <laughs> I love Kate, but hmm. she's not my favorite. Okay. And I just, and, and, you know, it's just kind of, is it cause she's American? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's cause she's American. And I just feel like, is that normal for them to marry outside of? No. No, no okay. it's not. And, and, you know, I think after what we all saw Diana go through and everything, like now it's really no mystery what it's like to be in that family. Yeah. So you kind of know what you're getting into. Yeah. But Harry was really, really young when Diana died. So he was 
scarred for sure. And if if the whole idea is repulsive to him, then that's his life and not mine. And I, what am I going to say? Well, plus you he's know? like seventh in line. I mean, it's oh, not, for sure. It's he's, not like oh, he's what is he? Well, One, and I I also heard that part of it was because the queen wanted to like downsize the royal family and the dependents, basically that were operating at this level because. You know, now that Kate and William have, what, three kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. OK, mm-hmm. so they, those kids are all in line before Harry. Yeah. So and basically it was like, we got a full house here. We don't really need Harry and we don't really need his baby. And mm-hmm. right. So kind of like you're not needed here anymore. But it wasn't her idea. I doubt it was right. I think the whole idea is Megan's, but, you know, <laughs> send the hate mail. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, this is yeah. All right. Well, I don't really like I said, I don't follow it too carefully because I'm more of a flag wagger, if you know what I'm saying. But if you, want, if you want to go wave your union, Jack, then um, it's fine. I will visit some soldiers graves instead. Oh, oh my heaven. You just I'm just kidding. Unbelievable. That is a false dichotomy if I ever heard. If you guys know Angela, you know she she wags that American flag. She I, is. I, I done wag it, girl. She drinks her Budweiser beer, watches her NASCAR, wags her American flag. The Thank girl, you. You're welcome. I'm just teasing you. I'm giving you a hard time. You want to give me a hard time about something? That has hmm. nothing to do with Europe at all. Are you gonna Are you gonna give me some fodder? I'm gonna show you a picture of something, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. Okay. So sure. Let me this remember. This happens th- to be at your desk at our random conversation. Let me. You're googling well, it. <laughs> no, it's on my phone, okay. and I want I want to remember. Um, gosh, we text message a lot, don't we? Uh, Shay, I can't ever find anything. <laughs> we. I'm like, oh, wait, this was just 24 hours ago. I'll find it. No problem. <laughs> like on page four here. Wipe. Swipe. Oh, this is. Swipe. OK, this is really Swipe. ridiculous at this point. Hang on. Hang on. I'm on the edge of my seat here. So, you know, we talked. Everybody else is, too. <laughs> I know. Sorry. We talked a lot about <laughs> denim. We talked a lot about denim on our fashion episode. And I told you yes, guys on that episode that I am team skinny jean, highway skinny jean. So I've also told you that I only have one pair of pants currently and I thrashed them last week building our ponds. So if I were not that I could go anywhere, but if I wanted to go out on a nice date wearing my blazer and some nice dark jeans, I my we all know how Shay wears, Shay wears a good blazer. <laughs> By the way, my blazer is infamous. The other day on YouTube, people were like, is that your blazer? Stand up and show us. Is that the blazer? I wish I had made that blazer. Yeah, I bet they do. I bet they do. Okay. Okay. Check out these pants. Yeah. Tell, First them, what, of all, tell them what you're saying. Okay, I am seeing... Because this is what I ordered. I don't know what happened to me. Her bangs are very thick, like when Taylor Swift's bangs were too thick. Don't look at her face. Cow, <laughs> focus. Um, okay, it's very... They're very... Uh, I think they're very Katherine Hepburn. I mean, it's a very masculine blouse, but it's feminine because it's a loose fabric and the, the jean no. comes up real... Wait, I'm, d- I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> the jean comes up really, really high. I mean, this is... They're called ribcage. 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 I, yeah. I like them a lot. You do? I do. Like, I'm, I think I'm going to have to... 
But I want to kind of go back to like, you have one pair of jeans and you're gardening in them. So this is just your uniform. Cause like when I garden, if I'm going to go like, just kill it on a stinky project, I'm getting out like the crotch rotted <laughs> yoga pants. I'm wearing like I never wear yoga threads. pants. I know, but I wear like nasty threadbare. I'll mm. wear you got I've I've recorded it for YouTube. I'll wear old pajamas in my garden. Like if I have work to get done and I need to be able to move around and yeah, I'm not wearing jeans. Well, know. we had company because oh, Jeremy okay. and Molly were here last week, and okay. I like I get up when I have company. Well, I do it every day, but mm-hmm. especially if I have company, I get up every morning. I get ready, put my makeup on, get my apron on get coffee going before they're mm-hmm. ever up for starters. Cause I'm an early riser and nobody is. So it seems like companies always sleeping in. Right. But I like getting up ready to serve, you know, ready to make breakfast, ready to make them coffee, whatever. Yeah. And I don't want to be in their way in the bathroom. Cause we only have one bathroom. So yeah. I try to get all my stuff done and get up. Is that where you do your makeup in the bathroom? No, I do it in our bedroom. Yeah. Me too. Terrible lighting, but <laughs> whatever. Anyway, mm-hmm. back to these jeans. Yes, okay. I okay. Yes, I wear jeans gardening, but this pair of jeans—it's called Ribcage Jean by Levi. Super high. Let me waist. see them again. Are they bell bottomy? No, they're well. They're not bell bottom. They're just a wide, like wide and straight. They don't flare. Let me see them again. Are they okay. creased? But are we can you imagine are we these? these they don't look like you. Cre- they don't. Well, are they thick like a Levi? Are they? You know how some jeans are more of like a. Yeah, those are cool. I don't know, but they're on their way. Like George Strait. These are going to be my nice jeans because I want to. I want to wear these with times in a row, and then he creases the snot out of them with like starch. Yeah, Levi said only wash your jeans every ten times you wear them. That's what they said, and I'm like, what are people? not doing in their jeans that they can wear them 10 times without washing them. I mean, I don't want to be gross, but that would be inappropriate. <laughs> anyway, they're okay. So they're called, yeah, ribcage wide leg women's jeans. You can go Google them listeners if you want to check them out. But and I suppose since you're not an accessory girl, you're not going to wear a belt with those. No, no belt. Shay, I don't understand when there are belt loops and you're going to tuck in. A, so you will tuck in a blouse. But you ha- you'd have to tuck in a blouse because otherwise you would be wearing a very high waisted pant for nothing because your shirt would fall at your normal waist level. Yeah. OK. You'd have yeah, to you'd tuck. Look, you'd look ridiculous. And so you need a belt. OK. I, it's not going to make okay. you overdone. I don't it's just like leather belts. Finished. They feel very bulky to me. So what are other options that I could explore? Canvas, canvas, like a like a army green canvas belt, you know. Um, how about yeah. this? I will sure. put them on, and when the world opens up and I can go outside again, I will go to a store and I will try on different belts and find one that works. Just get a ribbon. Get a really nice ribbon. I'm not gonna wear a ribbon. Why? You're gonna wear wide leg trousers at home with red. That's lips. true. Where well am I gonna wear them? And okay, now we got to talk about shoeing. Are you, are those, oh, those, so these are your dress jeans. Cause like you can't wear tennis shoes with them. You'd look no, like a gold. You would look like, <laughs> you would look like ridiculous. I think they would look nice with a loafer. My loafers, my Jaffa loafers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they would look really good with heels. Look at our glasses. We're matchy matchy. <gasps> hey, I mean, the, the, 
things a little different, but yeah. Mine's yellow and old. I'm probably dying of lead poisoning as I drink. You know what? I had a beautiful pair to this. It was from an estate sale just down the road. This old farming family, you know, it was one of those you could tell the kids were like selling off the estate. It was really kind of sad. Oh, I can't. I know. I know. There was this, (laughs) but there was this pair of wine glasses there. And I was like, I want these. And they were a dollar. And I thought, how many times did her and her husband sit down to drink wine out of these glasses? You know, I can't. This is half a mile. No, it gets worse. This is half a mile down the road. We load them up into the car. You broke one. Your kids broke one. Yeah, my kids broke one. In the 30 Mm -hmm. seconds it took us to drive home. Seriously, I will say to the kids, I'm like, you realize that freaking survived for 85 years until you touched it? (laughs) I know it. Oh, my word. It's so I laugh because I want to cry. Okay, but the pants, uh, are they so you don't have them yet? Mm mm. So they're on their way to are they going to fall at the appropriate length to wear a loafer? Are you going to have to wear heels? I don't know. This is this Mm -hmm. is new territory for me. I've just worn skinny jeans for. I don't know, seven, seven years, probably because that bottom, you know, six inches is going to have to lay totally straight or else it's going to be like with the low rise where people would wear those like flared leg bell bottom low rise and then they would bunch up at the flip flop. Yes. Please don't get me started on that. Yes. No, my mom is my mom can sew. That's what she used to uh-huh. do for work, actually, through college. OK. She worked okay. one of those big sewing factories. So hmm. I will make her fix them for me if they fit nice. wrong. But I don't know. I mean, even when I was picking out my size, I was like, I don't really know what size I am. Like what size inseam? I don't know. I'm trying to know. Okay, I'm trying to become a better person for you, Angela. Uh, I will. I'll show you guys on Instagram. If you don't follow us there at Homemaker Chic Podcast, do that because I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to show you these jeans when they come in, and you're going to have to give me the thumbs up or thumbs down. I, I'm sorry. Like I, the I style's beautiful. The but, style's beautiful, but I'm just going to insist on a belt. Okay. Well, I can't buy a belt. I can't buy anything. I can't go anywhere. And wham. So you don't even own a belt. I don't. What? Or a ribbon. <laughs> Twine? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Some tomato string? <laughs> you don't own a belt? I don't own a belt. That is like the, that's just mind blowing to me. <laughs> I don't even own that many belts. Do you know what else is in a really bad situation around here? If you're going to say your bra. I am going to say my bra. I am going to say I my almost bra. texted you a picture of mine yesterday. It is so bad. There is a four inch tear in the back. I almost texted you like a shot of me putting it on saying, can't we do better than this? I can't. <laughs> I wanted to, to do one of those social media posts where I held the bra up and just lit a match underneath it and just let's do it. Burn. Actually, it's my favorite though. I don't. Oh my ever gosh, want it mine to is go the away. worst. My straps are falling off and like the the wires like hanging down on my ribs because it's just so poor fitting. Because apparently, triple A is too hard of a size for bra makers to make. <laughs> If I was a triple A, I would not wear a bra. I'm just you have you. I would to just, because I would just put band aids over those. No, I would just put band aids over those girlfriends, and I would just be no, like, "Yeah, what about it?" I've nursed my babies, so they like sit on my ribs and they get all sweaty. And Wait, cool. I have to tell you that is the worst part. You you can't even ladies that are have not lactated but will in the future until 
you have lactated. You cannot fathom. I mean, maybe my bigger busted friends can, but until your breasts have rested on like your fifth rib, you just can't fathom that sort of awkward discomfort or when you can squeeze it and your fingers can touch in the middle. Oh my, it's so true. My poor breasts. It's so funny because I did. I almost sent you a picture of my bra the other day because it's just so, it's my favorite bra and I don't wear underwear because they're bad for you. I know, I know, I know. I've had this thing for way too long. Way too long. I don't it's need my, an underwire. My friend, for I put it on. I'm like, oh, dear friend, there you are. Because if I wear the, the newer ones, I'm just miserable. I just am angry. I know. It's just like low that's rise stream jeans. Yes. It just makes me angry. That's exactly what it's like. That's exactly what it's like. And you know, when I, I had shingles, actually, what was that? Two oh, years ago? I remember. Ago? I and did get bra text messages during yes, the shingles. Um, people got a lot of boob texts during Boom that because I was like what is this all my nurses friends like what is this but it, you know shingles it'll start like kind of on your bra line basically mm-hmm. and that's super common area and for anyone who's had shingles it is miserable like so bad the nerve pain so certain things would send your nerves to like trigger right your nerves like fire and most of the time you don't notice it but when there's something wrong with those nerve firings. You really notice it. So like, mm. like one time I remember Owen came up behind me. He was like, boo. And it was enough to make my nerves go. And like instant, just like, de- like I hit my knees, debilitating pain. It was so weird. Wow. But I couldn't yeah. wear a bra for like a year. I couldn't, I could not even fathom putting something on that line, you know? And yeah. I got really good at kind of knowing what sort of shirts and stuff I could wear and how to make it work so that you could mm-hmm. basically see my nipples through anything. Yeah. Poor Joel. Band-aid. Joel's going to or- edit this podcast and be like, come on, guys. Like, oh. So Stu He's edits, used to it. He's Stu so now he- is editing one of our episodes a week. And Joel. Joel's on Thursday. Is on Thursday's episodes. So, oh, God bless our, our men. They are so fabulous. Oh, my goodness. Joel will be like. You know, the kids will say, aren't you grossed out if we barf or whatever? He's like, I've seen your mom poo. I've seen your mom throw up like all day, every day for okay. 10 years. You, you know? must clarify. You must okay. clarify this poo situation. Because- oh, no, we well, are not. No, there is privacy. Yes. I'm talking about the, okay. the end of the labor. OK, OK. Expelling the baby. OK, I'm not pooping, am I? I just need to make sure. <laughs> Let's be real. I am not that couple. OK, yes. Can we, I, keep I don't understand. Like, don't pick your nose in front of me. Don't fart in front of me. Why? I don't need to go to the bathroom in the same room as you. I just don't. I didn't like, even know that was the a labor. thing. It's I didn't a even thing. know it was a thing until my cousin was like, no, we poop in front of each other. I was like, I'm sorry. Oh, heck no. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was exactly my reaction. Then two hours late, later, hey, baby. You know, no. Like, no. 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 When I was pushing Owen out, I remember the doctor. Well, of course, I didn't obey his orders because they had told me you need to not eat before you come in because it was a super high risk delivery. And they were like, chances of you having to go in for a C-section are high. You can't have, you know, or general anesthesia like you can't eat. I didn't listen. I ate a ton of cheese, (laughs) a ton of fruit, a big glass of raw milk. Like I was like, I'm going into this labor 
prepared with energy. No, come on. With labor energy is the equivalent of like playing like what, like three football games back yeah. to back or something. No, insane it like was that. insane. You have to eat. That was this my thought. business. Yeah, that was no, my no, no, thought no. until no. it came time. And he was like, you need to push. And I could tell if I push with all my might, like I had to, I am going to poop. I'm going to, oh, yeah. it's going to happen. And Stu is there and he doesn't get grossed out super easy. <laughs> He was great. And he just kept looking at my face. But I mm-hmm. could tell, like, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. I can't believe I'm saying this. But I could tell, you know, I could just tell. So I was yeah. like locked eyes with him. I'm like, you need to stay right here, please, because I have to push this baby out. And I did. And the doctor was so professional. He was great. He was this old Alabama cowboy delivered in like cowboy boots and a ball cap. Fabulous. Yeah. With a Budweiser. Basically. <laughs> But he's sort of like half delivering the baby, half sort of like wiping. You know how they have the bed oh, yeah. at the my, end of the table to like put well, the juice in? Well, I have home birth, in. so I don't. Yeah, my, my midwife would always be her assistant. Like, just wipe that away. Yeah, just wipe. Yeah, exactly. Wipe that away. Just but then, quiet. Like, wipe But then away. he goes mm-hmm. under his breath. He was like, did somebody tell her not to eat? <laughs> no, my husband took me out for a burger. <laughs> and our neighbor invited us over for a Budweiser. <laughs> It was so. Oh my so gosh! Traumatic. That is so funny. So traumatic. Birth. Whew. That's a, that is another episode. We can't even. That be, is. We can't three even. Episodes. That's ten episodes, literally. I know, right? Yeah, ten. That's true. <laughs> ten oh my gosh! What a riot! Yeah, no. Joel's just like, oh please, I've been there, done that. Yeah. My kids, if they see another person like pick a booger or gag, <laughs> they start gagging. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm like, why everybody... do kids want to eat boogers? Why is that a thing? Uh, I don't. My I kids just don't want to do that, Shay. <laughs> Whatever. They, they don't. Sh- well, you know what? One of my kids did one time. Oh, no. This isn't even a, this isn't even eating a booger. This oh. is me going in to help clean rooms like we talked about. Oh, no. I know what you're going to say. <sighs> Go ahead and say it. The booger wall. <laughs> the they wipe them on the wall. This particular child had selected a part yeah. of a wall and they would lay. I'm trying to be as nonspecific as I can. They would lay right? in bed at night, pick their boogers <laughs> and wipe them on this select piece of wall. The only reason I knew that is because I had a gum wall growing up. Like <laughs> That's where I gross. Put all my gum. Isn't that gross? <laughs> like on the doorpost, it was like a Moses thing. It was just like gum. It's <laughs> disgusting. It's gross. That's the only reason I guessed it. Sorry. Well, I tried for many moons to many moons is my phrase for this episode. We're just gonna. Okay. Um, I tried to scrub these boogers off the wall. No, you need like a paint scraper. And That's I, like legit spackle. No, I tried. And eventually, like I got some of them off, but I couldn't get all of them off. So I just had to pay over them. So now whoever inherits our poor little cottage is going to have boogers as part of their wall texture. Texture. Sick. If these walls could speak. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. What do you think people's walls are saying after this time of quarantine? How's everybody's moods at your house? Uh, I broke down this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, 
We needed to, so everything here is curbside. I mean, we're, we're only essential. Everything's closed, but you can still go to the hardware store, hardware store, curbside and grocery store, went to the grocery store. They'll still bring it out. Yeah. The, we went to the post office and there was a guy standing outside and, you know, it's just a little frustrating. The tourists are coming. They're coming? And, yeah. And how are they coming? T- are the hotels open? No, the contractors have been told not to open up their homes and certain contractors are. Yikes. So it's, you know, and they're coming from Chicago, which is, you know, hotbed number four. So um, it's interesting. So we went out today and even the guy at the hardware store that brought our stuff out, he got close to the car and I just started crying because you don't I want was to afraid. people. I was afraid of him. I know. I did. I was like, Angela, you scum of a human being. I felt so bad. I like I the kids, two kids were in the backseat. Joel did everything. He had his wipes and we had everything we needed. You know, everything was done very kosher because that's Joel's jam. Um, but I just felt like I was leaving the house because I needed to. And I halfway through the trip, I just thought, get me home. I'm I'm so sad. Mm-hmm. My sweet, my sweet little town was just, it looked like a ghost town. Mm-hmm. A few people were standing outside the post office waiting for their turn to get in. Everybody was mad because someone from Chicago had just been in there. It mm. was just like, this is not, we have such a strong sense of community here. And yeah, so I, I, I haven't cried yet. And I cried today. Mm-hmm. Today was my breaking point too. Hmm. It's hard. It's hard because everybody I talk to is just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, everyone. No one knows. No one knows. And yeah, it's like you said, I I was watching a movie the other day and they were having a party. It was like this 1940s dance (sighs) scene. And my first thought without even thinking of it, I thought, man, those people are standing really close. Oh my gosh, and I see thought, what has happened to us in the matter of two weeks. I know. And this I thought, this is where your mind went? Like, it's so, Is that how after easily this many reprogrammable years, exactly, we are? After this many years of living, and I don't want to fear people, and, and I I won't. I will give it the time it yeah. needs, but I right. will not live in fear. My pastor said, good news, you are completely immortal until the day the good Lord decides to call you home. And I thought- Yeah, good Good news. You know the end of the story. I know the end of the story. That's not yeah. something I I worry right. about. Right. Um, I do worry about living in a time of disconnect, and I miss my. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I miss my friends. I miss my church. I miss my family. Like it's. No, it's Sorry. true. I mean. It's okay. Shay and I are very, um, for what, despite what, what everybody thinks, maybe, you know, because we have a social media presence, we're each very introverted and very discontent to do our thing and, and do our thing. But this is really just bringing out that, um, the precious, you know, Shay has Friday nights with her mom and her sisters and they have dinner together. And then we both go to church and have pot church potlucks and communion. And, you know, I'm hundreds of miles away from my family and it's breaking my heart. Like, I don't know when I will see them again. And it's hard. Yeah. And it's uncertain and it's, 
like, are we even doing the right thing? Like, who knows? It's just this giant experiment and it's costly. I see my, like, buildings around my community just closing their doors. They can't, the small man that was barely making it now can't make it. And I just fear for the way that it's changing the landscape of my community, you know, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I mean, I, I, I say, you know, okay, we don't want the tourists to come, but, but we live in a, an area where people have five and six jobs until tourist season starts. So then what, if all these little sweet, right. white shuttered hotels and coffee shops don't open. Right. I, I just can't. I know. I know. It's just too much. It's too much for my heart to take. Mm-hmm. And then you see, you look at your kids and you're trying to grapple with like, is this a brave new world? What does this look like for them? You know, is, yeah, I know. Is this the new normal, like for the next 48 months, three years, like what? Yeah. I just, so mm. I find that I, I think like what you say, uh, like what you said, you, people don't know how to feel. And that's kind mm-hmm. of how I felt this whole time where I get angry and then I'm sad. And then I just feel like, well, you don't really you're a mother. You don't really have the luxury of entertaining your feelings right now. Yeah. You need to keep a presence of normalcy. And then you, you know, I have go couple- outside and like work in the garden and milk the cow. And you're like, our life is normal. Like we normally do homeschool. We right, normally are right. here during the day. So then I feel guilty for feeling angry because I'm like, you're not you're not the one that's taking the beating of this. You know what right. I mean? So right. it's like you said, it's feeling that for your children for the world. Yeah. I mean, with the two, with two teenagers that are homeschooled and their, their social life is the highlight of their week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It hurts. I know. Yeah. Georgia said to me, she uses this term friend sick and she uses it actively. So even if Mm -hmm. they don't see, if she doesn't see her friends, you know, every couple of days, she'll say I'm friend sick, which she said to me the other day crying. And she was like, it's not even funny anymore. (laughs) Like, yeah, the word doesn't do justice to the way that she's feeling anymore, you know? Right. It's right. And and, you know, I'm thankful for that because we have raised them in a way that they value. Like we didn't get to go to church on Sunday. We did an online church and mm-hmm. like they could not understand that. Like they were just like, why are we doing this? Why are why aren't we going to church? You know? Because yeah. we just kind of have this rule, basically, unless somebody's vomiting or like green snot or something is coming from holes, like Elliot's go to church. That's just what we do on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And they were just so, so perplexed by the whole thing, you know, and it's it's hard to explain that, especially to the really young ones. Like we're doing this here and but not taking communion, you know, because there's no pastor there to administer it. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, just it's I just yeah I know people have endured much worse I'm certainly not like I keep trying to tell myself that I'm like look we're not talking about a a seven-year famine or something (laughs) yeah I I know I said to Amelia I said you've read Audrey Hepburn's biography we're not digging tulips out of the front yard to eat them right but but their feelings still have to be validated and I think that you know, I think just as maybe Americans or a modern culture, we're not really used to just having to sit down and wrestle with our feelings and, and grapple with them. We're just used to the next stimulus. Well, and we can look back on things like 
that biography, let's say, and we try to say, well, this is what they did or this is what they endured. But the reality is they're humans and they experienced the exact same emotions that we experience. And so it's easy for us to look back and say, yeah, well, you know, people lived through World War II. And it's like, yeah, but they felt things that entire time. And we can look back and read the paraphrase of that and say, well, you know, when I was a kid, oh, yeah, don't, you know, X, Y, Z. Walk uphill. This, yeah, but nobody's, like, nobody's writing about mom cracking up and throwing a plate against the wall because exactly. she couldn't feed her family. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There's there's mm-hmm. so much more there than just the Cliff's notes that we, For sure. mm-hmm. that we read from history. And so, yeah, I think it's being okay and letting yourself have feelings. And, um, you know, I think a lot of us will continue to have feelings and – There are times where I can find humor in it. There are times where, you know, it's like, okay, let's seize the day. And then there are times where I I just grieve. I grieve for Mm -hmm. people who have lost people who are taking care of sick people, you know. Um, There's people who are alone like you and I. I know. Family. I know. I I have friends that are single. I know. Or they're having to do their, you know, weddings on Zoom. (laughs) Or watching, you know, watching their babies yeah. be born, you know, it's, yeah, I've got, mm-hmm. yeah, a dear friend over at Children's in Seattle who's been over there for a month with her daughter and, you know, they can't, they're not allowing both caretakers to be there at the same time. And so typically, you know, her husband would come over and sort of bear that burden with her and mm-hmm. she's been having to bear it alone because they, they won't allow two visitors. They won't allow two caretakers per patient. And, um. You know, it's I I don't think we'll know until we have hindsight if we did the right or wrong thing. Um, but yeah, trying to get to a place of peace with with feelings for sure. And I, I think everybody I just I think everyone should have full permission to feel whatever the heck they want to feel mm-hmm. like. That's what I would say to someone. If you're if you're up one minute and five minutes later, you're down. Mm-hmm. and vice versa all over the place all day long. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Because this is now part of your story. You, there was no dress rehearsal. Yeah. There was no warning. There was I mean, no warning. You, yeah, I know it's, it definitely took us just took us by storm. Didn't it? You know, especially mm-hmm. in Washington, it feel like it just, it hit here like a freight train and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Trying to keep, chin up and trying to keep as much normalcy as possible. But I I certainly look forward (laughs) to sweet reunion with my people. I mean, even Mm -hmm. you and I, we were supposed to have, we were supposed to hang out to have time together. And, uh, it was our, you know, once a year chance to do that. So, yeah. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. It comes out. It's like vomit. It just has to like. Like boogers it, on a wall. It just, it just has to come out. <laughs> <laughs> but all that's to say, I'm going to Italy next year. I'm going to Jovial's getaway spring of 2021. COVID or no COVID, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I can't wait to. Yeah. To see Italy again. My heart has been grieving for them. And it's such a special place to me it's my Mm. my place i can't wait to go back see my old italians (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) drink some red wine 
right? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, well first freestyle episode. Freestyle. I thought it went good. Yeah. So for the, you know, can we, can we bring it up here? <laughs> <laughs> we got some fun outro can music. You, can you okay. sing me a song? Sing me a song. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. Next episode. <laughs> well, ladies, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of our community. Um, like we said last week, we got to have time with our patrons and it's that kind of stuff that really lifts our spirits at times like this, getting to see places, to interact, to talk, to know you're not alone. You know, there are other people out there feeling and experiencing the same things that you are. So we really, really appreciate you being a part of our community here. If you haven't yet, please go follow us on Instagram at Homemaker Chic Podcast. Um, and check us out on Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash Homemaker Chic Podcast. Yes. And what Shay is referencing is once a month, we are hanging out with all our fangirl homemakers. And this is a live video call. This is a live stream. And we had a ton of fun. If oh, you need to laugh. Yes. And we are definitely not a substitute for your real life friends. For those real friends, you could go hug and have a cup of coffee with. But if you need to laugh and you need to feel like you're hanging out with your girlfriends, Mm -hmm. then please do that because that's the live stream is one of our perks for our uh, fangirl patrons. Mm -hmm. You get copies of our cookbook and all that jazz. Yes. There she goes. There she goes. I knew it was in there. (laughs) Yes. Be sure to check us out. Um, There are two different, um, what's the word? Tears. 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 Thank you. So one, one is a, I don't know. What do we call the first one? You made up. You're the wordsmith. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) There's two different levels. So you can pick one and then uh, $5 a month is our, um, I don't remember what it's called level, (laughs) but you get a copy of the cookbook and early access and $10 a month is our fangirl homemaker level. And you get all the $5 perks plus the live stream. Yes. And that is so fun. And again, thank you for supporting us. And for, I mean, it was because of that call and because of that call with the patrons that they were like, we need two episodes. We said, what yep. do you think? And they's like, please, please, please. And I get it. I mean, I'm relying now more on my digital connection just because I, you know, I miss my people. But a week did feel like a long time between episodes. So it did. This will be good. Okay. So this was us freestyling. Oh, yes. Let us know what Go you think them. over on Instagram. Please let us know because we certainly please. can structure. Well, you know, I don't want to make any promises. <laughs> we might just do it anyway. <laughs> No promises. There's no crying in baseball and there's no promises on Homemaker Sheet. There is crying over spilled milk, though. We've already established. All right, ladies. Thanks for being here. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.